Welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Keeneland on Saturday, October 15th, 2022. This is show number 194, October 14th, 2022. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, how's it hanging? Great. Um, Looking forward to the Breeders' Cup in a few weeks. Uh, kind of a lull in the racing a bit, but with Keeneland's fall meet, there's always something to play, and that will be the topic of conversation this week on our podcast. The Sport of Kings pod is brought to you by Horse Racing Nation and its first-timer power ratings report, which ranks every debut runner in North America and provides an edge because the top-ranked horses outperform both their off-odds and their morning line. Get the first-timer power ratings report at picks.horseracingnation.com. And we have a special guest. He's a professional horse player based in Lexington, Kentucky. He's Sean Borman. Sean, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on. Uh, Great to have a professional horse player such as yourself on here, and in particular you because... I have heard you on the In the Money Media uh, podcasts, and I remember specifically you once completely nixed a filly who was running in the distaff. I forget which one it was, but it was only like two, three years ago. Um, you you didn't like her. She was one of the favorites. You didn't say why you didn't like her. And my question to you is what would you, what would make you, you know, put the pox on certain horses? Um. I'm trying to think back to, to see if I can remember who that was, but uh, I think it was the one that Flavian Pratt always rode and uh, was always kind of favored. Maybe you remember, Chris, it was like three, four years ago. I can't help you. I don't, not <laughs> ringing a bell at all for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, typically, you know, typically when I'm, you know, saying stuff like that, it would be, um, you know, that I just don't think that she would have handled the pace scenario that day or didn't didn't finish, you know, well enough. I'm a big proponent of the, you know, my late pace figures, and, and sometimes horses will have big final figures that aren't sort of backed up by a good late pace figure. So that. You know, that would be my guess as to as to what it was, not remembering off the top of my head who exactly it was, but it was probably some pace angle. Um, and then I'm going to also guess she probably won the race. Typically, that usually <laughs> happens when I publicly decry something like that. No, no, she she did not, actually. It, it, it was, you know, it was a great call, and it was sort of what I needed to uh, get her completely off my ticket. And, uh, and, and, and I was rewarded. Oh, that's great. Good to hear. Now let's see. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on Wikipedia, but they only show the winners, so 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 that's uh, so I, I can't I can't tell you what the name of the horse was. Do you remember the year off the top of your head? It wasn't that long ago. Uh, it might have been the Monomoy Girl Year, 2020. Hmm. Yeah, well, that was while we with chat, Swiss Skydiver. Swiss skydiver and Monomoy girl that year, I think. Yeah, it may have been. It may have been that Swiss was, skydiver. I well, you know, it wasn't Flavian Pratt riding though. Yeah, yeah. What well, you know, while uh, while Chris is asking you whatever questions <laughs> he has, I will look it up and I'll I'll find out I'll find out what year it was, and and I'll be able to tell you the horse. I just have to see the name. Sounds good. 
Yeah, I, I won't ask you any questions about some horse I can't remember on, during some year I can't remember. <laughs> That's a great host question for our guests. Start us off with that one. Um, I, I have a question. We're off air, we were talking about, you said, you mentioned in passing that you were doing a little early Breeders' Cup prep. So we're not going to have you on uh, any, before the Breeders' Cup. Anything jumping out at you? Uh, on this year's Beers Cup that you've come across as you, you start to get ready? You know, nothing nothing super solid yet. And, and basically what I'm doing right now is just sort of catching my, my figures up and trying to get a feel for how good some of these prep races were. Um, I, one thing I think I will say is I, I don't, I'm not going to think that Cave Rock is an absolute lock in that juvenile. Um, I think that Loggins horse that ran at Keeneland could potentially beat him. I mean, Cave Rock's really nice, but uh, on, on my stuff, he's not a complete standout like he'll be bet. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to be against most of the U.S. turf horses in the big big turf race, but I haven't, you know, really narrowed any real opinion down on that yet. That's, you know, that's about do, all I've, I've sort of come up with so far. Do you pay uh, close attention to the European horses at all? Or is that not something that you're involved with? No, I try to pay attention, um, especially this time of year. I'll you know, go and, and sort of make some buyer-like figures for those races and, and do some late pace work and just try to get a feel for who the best ones are coming over if there's any if there's any that are really sort of sleeping um that that the public won't catch up on and i've had you know i've had some pretty good success doing that over the last few years so i'll definitely do that work i just haven't really gotten to it yet yeah i mean it's still quite a ways off and especially with the euros you really don't have a good feel for who's actually coming after this champions day stakes on tomorrow Usually it starts to sort out a little more, but you're right. It's right. kind of hard to do much right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I cannot find that horse. Uh, so I must be, <laughs> I, must have, I must have a different race in mind. I, 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 I don't know. My apologies. Major host fail. Ser, serious host you fail. Know, was it, was it possibly the juvenile Phillies? Cause there was a, there was a Baffert horse in the, in the juvenile Phillies at Keeneland that I was way against. Oh, the one with the low fig and then a big yes. impressive debate going on. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that I forget one. her name, but she was way <laughs> over that. Yeah. I remember was that was ones. like, uh, yeah, Andrew Beyer and all the, the figure people were saying this horse has no chance, no way it should be the favorite. And all the people who, you know, really like to watch the races and, and go off of the visuals we're saying, you know, she was much better than the number, and there was a big debate, I remember, on that one. Turned out she didn't run very well. It doesn't necessarily prove anything, but it was interesting debate. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's often debate like that. Um, but this was a horse that was uh, competitive, um, and I still might get it some before the end of the podcast. Uh, in the meantime, let's get started with the, the pick five at Keeneland which starts with the sixth race. It's the first of two maidens and the first race, uh, the, 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 the first of those maidens is a mile and a 16th dirt maiden special weight purse of a hundred thousand for Phillies and mares, three year olds and up. Sean is our guest. We'll have you go first. Sure. You know, this race I think is pretty straightforward. Um, and because I have some opinions on price horses later in the sequence, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to use the seven as my top pick and then just the four and the eight as sort of backups. And uh, just uh, if if you just use names, because a lot of people listen on the car, they can't write down, they don't know the numbers. Yeah, sorry. uh, The seven Sunny River would be my top pick. And then the four Inventing and the eight Forever After All. I will use in you know to some degree as, as savers, maybe a little bit more the eight, 
um, than the four. Okay. Uh, Sunny River uh, disappointed three times as a heavy favorite. And um, the question is, will she do it a fourth time? Chris, what are you thinking? Well, and the interesting thing about Sunny River is she actually has won a race and she's in a maiden race. She got DQ'd a few races back. And uh, because of that, she's been a heavy favorite, hasn't quite got the job done. But it's interesting. You actually have a horse in here that's won before in this maiden race in Sunny River. And Sunny River seems like she has a tactical edge in that she should clear early unless somebody does something unexpected in the race. Um, so I kind of see it the same way as Sean, although I'm a, I, I would lean to the four probably more than the seven and the eight. Um, you know, this horse looked really promising in its first few races and something went wrong. But its last race, um, it was a little more, uh, they were a little more aggressive when they put the blinkers on. This will be the second time with blinkers on. Now Saya is, is riding. He's an aggressive rider. So I think, you know, this horse might be ready to run to its earlier promise and um, should be, you know, much close to the pace. I don't know if they'll go for the lead, but I don't think they're going to let Sunny River get get too comfy on the front end. So I would probably play it the same way Sean described, but I would use the four as the one I, I would lean on rather than the seven. Okay, well, I'm going to join Sean on Sunny River. <clears throat> uh, she disappointed as the favorite in last, but was super wide. And the horse that beat her went on to win her next race via DQ. I don't really like the other contenders, so this is the one for me, and I will probably single. I, I don't really see using any other horse. I did seriously consider, based on the numbers, the four inventing, but I also didn't really like the race. I, I, I thought, <clears throat> you know, she was no match for the winner, and then she got caught for third, or she got caught for second, and then she didn't gallop out very well. So... So I, I think there might be some value in going against Inventing, um, who may vie for co-favoritism with Sunny River. I think that's probably all we need to talk about on that one. Okay, then we'll move right on to the seventh race. It's a maiden special weight, but this time a mile on the turf for two-year-olds, a purse of $100,000. And Chris, uh, your turn to get us started. Yeah, it's a crazy race here. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's impossible. Uh, it's the kind I love to try not to spread in if I'm playing a pick five, but I'm having a hard time uh, finding horses that I, I you know, could throw out and ones that I could really lean on. But um, definitely it's, there'll be some price horses in here with a shot. And one of those that I'll, I'll pick as my uh, top choice for the pod is the eight horse Daryl's Bolt, who he's really bred to run long on the turf. Um, he debuted sprinting on the dirt, but you have to remember Churchill didn't have a turf course at the time. So if you had a, a turf horse, you either had to ship out or just if you wanted to get a race in it, it was ready to run, you'd have to run in the dirt. I think that's kind of what they did with this horse. And he got into a race with a horse named Loggins that, that has already been mentioned on the show. will be one of the favorites for the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. And uh, in that race, he completely got left at the gate. He was in, in another zip code for like the first half mile. But he showed a little bit of run late, kind of finished mid-pack. Looked like a prep. You know, now they're in where he belongs, going long on the turf. And, um, you know, he could be any price in here. So, to me, he's he's the kind of horse that you want to use in a race like this, the eight Daryl's Bolt. And Daryl's Bolt not only was off slow, but was part of the reason was that he was seriously bumped after the start. And that's one reason why he was in dead last. Sean, what are you thinking here? You know, it's interesting. I, I thought, you know, I sort of see the race, differently than Chris in that I, I really like the four Worthington and think he's sort of a standout in here and, and I plan to single him 
in my in my pick five. But you know, I came to the exact same long shot, you know, play the eight Daryl's bolt. And when I was looking at this race, I know we're talking about the pick five, but I, I was looking at this race and just thinking I'm going to definitely play a straight four eight exacta vertically in here because I think. For all the reasons Chris mentioned, I think that horse is extremely logical to to run really well in, in this spot. And you know, honestly, the rest of the field I don't I don't like at all. Um, but it's it is one of those races to me. If the, if the four doesn't win, if Worthington doesn't win, almost anything could win. And I don't want to be you know ten or twelve deep in a in a pick five on a race where I just don't have any opinion, so I'm just gonna take the stand with with Worthington and, and play that exact and move on okay, well, this is another one of those shows where I'm with the guests and I'm with the guests on this one Worthington uh I thought ran respectably against a good horse who then ran second in a stake at Belmont at the big A. and with the usual improvement from first to second race seems like a logical choice here. Um, so I, I don't love Worthington, but just, just, you know, of the horses that it ran that have run, I thought, uh, looked the best and I'm not sure about the horses that haven't run, but I also landed on Daryl's bolt as a long shot play. Um, the trainer is 0 for seven going second out dirt to turf sprinter out, but he got bumped pretty seriously in the debut. And he has that sneaky good turf breeding. He's a half to a turf winner. And Bolt Doro, his sire, has shown promise with his turf progeny. So uh, I have a couple others, but uh, I'll throw it to Chris, who I'm sure has another price or two. Well, I agree. Worthington's probably the most likely winner. It's just to me, uh, and and that might that's probably not a bad way to play the big five if you're going to play it, but. I just don't know how you can have a strong negative opinion on all these horses because they're completely unexposed. That's my concern is there's so many of them that you just don't have any idea. All these first time starters or horses have never been on the turf. I mean, any one of them could jump way up. That's why, you know, I went kind of reluctant just to single Worthington, although he did run well. I think if you, if you like him, then if the 14 Miranda Wright draws in, you probably have to like that one too. Um, because it actually finished ahead of that of Worthington in that race. So that might be one if it does draw in, you'd want to include. Um, for me, though, there's a lot of them that just could jump up. And an example, another example of kind of like the seven is the two horse Hardy Choice. He's another one uh, is really bred to run long on the turf, had one start on the dirt at Ellis. You know, it didn't do much running, but Again, I just think that was a prep, and um, you know he could really improve massively, uh, stretching out on the turf. Drew a good post, um, good connections. So you know that's another one's 15 to one on the morning line that wouldn't shock me at all if it runs big. Could run up the track too. I mean, you just don't know, but there's reasons to believe you know, this is a race where you should see uh, you know big jump forward off of that debut. Yeah, another another horse um, that I was interested in. He he's got the worst trainer stats in history, and that is my sanctuary. <laughs> um, the 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 trainer is like zero for forty first time turf routing. However, the horse is a half to a couple of winners on turf, and shows a forty seven four gate work. Um, now he also has to overcome the. Um, the, the trainer's 0 for 40 first-time starter at this track record. <laughs> but there's a really good chance that he'll be something like 40 to 1. So I would also include that one. And, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, I did a podcast earlier with David Aragona, and he mentioned Safe Trip Home and Team Leader as having some serious turf breeding. Uh, so those are two others to consider for anybody who's willing to go deep here. Anything you want to add, Sean? No, I, I guess I guess the only thing I'll add is is just a lot of times I think you could get suckered into to spreading too much in these races. Um, 
and and you don't really get the bang for your buck when you when you do that just from a sort of a wagering strategy standpoint but you know you certain you know these are the kind of races where you can certainly get some weird things happen um but like you were saying there a lot of the times they're just sort of unpredictably weird and consistently wagering on things that are just sort of random just bothers me um so that's why i always <laughs> always try to focus in if there's a horse i do like like worthington you know i've got my figures on him you know clearly clearly the fastest and and better than than par for this race I, my figure's a little bit better than what's published so like to me he's just a sort of a standout he's got a good trainer and and, and it'll be a short price but if you know if say my figure wasn't that good for him then then this would be a spot where you you would want to sort of speculate a little bit more and and, and use some other horses yeah, I mean, if his figure's that good, then that sort of, you know, would would take me off of my sanctuary a little bit because, you know, the chances that that trainer is going to be one for 41 after going over 40 are pr- kind of low. Um, right. On the and, other hand, you know, and him him having a firster ready and the firster being good enough to beat a horse that's already run you know, a half length better than par for me, all of that sort of adds up to just a losing scenario long-term. I mean, obviously he could win tomorrow. It make me look foolish. Hell probably will. Um, but you know, that's just sort of the way I I'm looking at the race, I guess. Well, uh, you know, since he is my top pick, I'm, I'm glad you have, you uh, feel that strongly about him. Yeah, I just want to echo what everything Sean said about the wagering on this race. I, I totally agree. I, I'm usually trying to find somebody I like. I just not as convinced on Worthington. Uh, but I do agree also that if you do catch a price in here, it's not worth as much as you think in, in the horizontal place because probably lots of people are spreading. So that 20 to 1 shot's more like a 10 to 1 shot um, in the exotics for the, the horizontal. Uh, I do want to mention one other thing in here. Well, first of all, on my sanctuary, you know, Wilkes just doesn't have his firsters ready any distance, any surface, any track. And if they run well on debut, they're probably really, really good. So uh, you got to think if you, if you want to play this horse, you got to think it's a really, really good horse. I, I, I don't see it, but um, it, it is a first-time starter in a race where you have no idea. But, I mean, that would be one where I would think the horse is not – to me, turf routing is one of the least likely kind of races you're going to win first asking. And so, you know, it's a lot different than like a dirt sprint. So I would really be a reluctant to play my sanctuary. The other thing I just will mention, the 11 horse Ashcroft, I'm not sure why this horse is a favorite on the morning line, but if it is, I think it's definitely a play against. I mean, a Wesley Ward horse that on debut where, you know, he usually wins with anything that's good, didn't really run that well, and it's coming off a layoff, and he's going on a turf route. That's not a Wesley Ward thing. Uh, Just a lot of reasons why that horse doesn't make any sense at all to me, so... You know, I do. If that horse gets bet down as a favorite, I think it might just be a bad morning line. You know, I, then the race gets a little more interesting because I just don't get it with that horse. Well, Wesley Ward with Irad Ortiz, you know, I, I, I can see the horse being favored. Because um, that's Keeneland. Yeah, that would I, be I the can, only reason. I, yeah. yeah, I can see the logic behind the morning line um, for sure. But I don't, you know, I sort of agree that I, I don't give that horse much of a chance. <laughs> well, you know, Ian Wilkes tonight is going to be having dinner with Chris Landeros, and they're going to toast, and they're going to be like, to winning with a firster. <laughs> 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 to winning in with a, a first route. firster yeah. <laughs> in a turf route, just because the horse is fast. I mean, uh, you know, he usually doesn't work him 47-4 in the, uh, from the gate. It can't help it. It's just too fast. 
Well, I expect the horse to be pretty good someday because it is well-bred and, and you know, he can train horses, no doubt. I just don't expect him to win at first asking. That's all. Okay, let's move to the eighth race. It's an allowance, six furlongs on dirt, purse of 110000 for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up. Sean, what do you got? Well, this is where I'm going to sort of make or break this play for me. Um, I'm going to – well, my top choice is the three, Dame Jovial. And she's, you know, 20 to 1 on the morning line. I think she'll probably be close to that, 15, 20 to 1 maybe. And I thought she was getting really good as a, as a young two-year-old late in the season last year and then they laid her off and brought her back in that stake race at ellis and, and she didn't run very good but she also didn't have the cleanest trip in the world that was sort of an ambitious spot they brought her back last time going a mile and she had what i thought was just a horrendous trip she was four and five wide all the way around there caught a little trouble on the turn had to back out of it came running again and then sort of hit a wall as they turned for home and, and Graham just wrapped up on her and, and sort of saved her. It looked like to me. And, you know, in the process of all that going on, she, she improved her figure line, her entire pace line on my figures improved. And that's just a very good sign of a horse that's sort of showing hidden improvement. Um, you know, I think she showed enough talent as a, as a young horse to, to run a figure big enough to win this race. And just from a wagering sort of strategy standpoint, I thought this was the horse that could really, you know, make this thing pay really well. And, and I didn't, you know, I, I'm, I don't have strong negative opinions on the, on the two favorites in here. The, the two horse canceled this, the six horse year. So silly. They're both fine, but they're not, world beaters in my opinion and are both vulnerable so i was just going to take a shot with the with the dave jovial and, and try to really make this thing pay Woo, dame jovial uh, has a second at keelan so that's encouraging and is two for three in the exacta at the distance chris what do you got well sean stole all my thunder absolutely Dame Jovial for me. I mean, she's an easy pick for me. Her two-year-old races were almost good enough to win this, and if she's developed like you'd expect off the layoff, um, she could run a, a big race in here, and she had excuses in her last two, and including that last one just the way Sean described it. Um, and that was a route. She had never routed before. Now that she cuts back, which I like, gets a great rider switch to Luis Saez. Um, you know, I think he'll he'll keep her put her in the race a little earlier than james graham would and um i just love her in here i i really think she's the horse to beat and if you get anything near 20 to 1 you know this is definitely a horse you want to bet all right dame jovial i i like it um it's not one of my horses but i'm gonna i'm gonna take a look at those races and maybe i'll add her to the ticket uh, the horse I like is Ain't Broke, who just won her maiden race and is, yeah, just won her maiden race uh, about seven months ago. Had the lead, and this is a race that has a severe lack of speed on time form, uh, time form figures. They have the pace projector as favors front runners. Uh, she took seven months off and after winning on the lead, and I think that she's had a chance to develop. She, um, on September 21st, she ran her fastest work ever, a 47 flat, four furlong bullet. She's four to one. She's uh, she's the horse for me, although I, you know, I, I am going to take another look at Dame Jovial. So ain't broke for me. Sean, jump in got anything uh no i'm I, I really don't have i don't have anything else to say about this one 
Yeah, I kind of like ain't broke, but you know, four to one seems like a fair price. She's been training well too for a return. And she does have speed and you know, she did win when she cut back last time. But I just think, you know, Dame Jovial was faster as a two-year-old than anything ain't broke's ever run. And uh, you're getting a much bigger price. So uh, from a betting standpoint, I definitely prefer the three. And the rest of them are all pretty much about the same. I, I have a hard time separating them after Dame Jovial in here. But since she's such a, a juicy price, and hopefully that holds up, um, I, uh, I'm pretty happy just leaning on her. Um, the other horse that I was interested in, uh, although I have reservations is scenic masterpiece trained by Jonathan Wong. He has no wins at Keeneland and he barely ever ships out of California and she always stumbles out of the gate, but I do like the pattern on the sheets. And I think, you know, if she doesn't stumble terribly that she has a good shot, I don't know you guys have any thoughts on scenic masterpiece. You know, I, I I just got done looking at that CC race right before we hopped on here, and I, I don't I didn't think that was a very good race. Um, so going back to a question Chris asked earlier about the Breeders' Cup, I'm going to be against CC now that I, now that I think a bit about it because she I don't think she ran that fast last time. But you know, scenic masterpiece, it's a strange move for Wong to ship her over here. I don't quite understand it. And she does have some back races that could certainly win this, but they were on the turf. You know, she just seems like one that's going to be a little overbet to me that doesn't doesn't really distinguish herself from the rest of this field and, and might be just slower than some of them. So I, I would be against her. Okay. Well, fair enough. Let's move to the ninth race. The ninth race is the Queen Elizabeth to the second challenge cup it's a grade one mile and eighth on turf purse of six hundred thousand for three-year-old fillies chris where are you in this race that's a small but um competitive field i my main opinion is i think mcculloch's not a standout in here at all i i think certainly a good horse but doesn't lay over this field by any stretch so if it gets bet down um you know, at even money or less, that creates a lot of opportunity in the race. There's several I like in here. Um, um, probably the one I'll go with as the top pick, although I'm probably interested in a couple in here, is the seven Paris Peacock. Uh, one of the main reasons I like her is just there's no pace in this race, and and I I wasn't able to watch any of her races, but just reading the the running line description sounds like she's forwardly placed in many of her recent races. So I'm thinking maybe they send her, which would be a big edge in here tactically. She took her a while to break her maiden, but she's gotten really good in the last few and just won a group three in Ireland. And you know, to me, she fits in this field pretty nicely if they, you know, Giroux will, will send. Um, she could make some noise, and she's 10 to 1 on the morning line. I don't know. That's kind of hard to put a morning line on her in this field, so I'm not sure where she'll end up. Uh, she's certainly not the only one I like in here, but she's definitely you know, a player, I think, at, at certainly a 10 to 1 would be playable at the seven-horse Paris Peacock. The only question I have on Paris Peacock is, has the trainer ever won shipping to the U.S.? Uh, not as far as I can tell. Sean, where are you at in this race? Now, interestingly, I, I'm sort of on the same horse. Um, I, I went back and watched her last three races, and she is she's a for a European, you know, filly. She's she's pretty tactical. She can she breaks sharply, and you know they've they've sort of tucked her in for cover every time. She's never really i would say made the lead but she certainly could have made the lead in, in a lot of her races um so she's she's more tactical than a lot of europeans are but she's also got a nice nice quick in when they ask her and and she finished up really nice um, in her last race 
you could tell she's just getting better and better. And the, the little figure work that I've done, um, I, she might be the fastest horse in here too. You know, her last race, you know, if you, if you sort of equate that to a buyer figure, it's very competitive with all these, if not the best. So, you know, she would be my top choice, but I, I do think this is a pretty competitive field and, you know, McCulloch is certainly going to be over bet. She might be the most likely winner. Um, and then I thought the five Bella Bell was an interesting horse that, uh, you know, I don't really know how she's going to be bet. I can't get a feel for it, but I, I think she's getting better and better and, and, you know, is tactical enough to, to not be too far back in here. So though you know, I would I would like it seven six five, I guess. Okay, I'm gonna go with a horse that you guys haven't mentioned yet, and that is California Angel. She was fast last year and had a useful comeback race. Uh she she did run earlier this year, but she took a break of at least six months and she had a useful comeback race at Kentucky Downs, where she made up steady ground and finished third. I thought it looked like the perfect prep should set her up nicely to potentially upset this field. She does have a win at Keeneland. So uh, at 15 to one, and, you know, I'm not sure she'll be that high, but she should be at least 10 to one. Uh, She's my play. I also like Bella Bell quite a bit. Uh, She veered out and bumped a horse to her outside in her last. It was, I thought, pretty serious, but once she righted the ship, she was professional and uh, ran a solid second behind Spenderella. And the only question is, will she really be as high as five to one? Well, California Angel was the other horse I like quite a bit in here. I mean, they wasted her on a bunch of dirt races. Um, I'm not sure why, but if you look at all her turf races, they, they're all good including her win at Keeneland, including her comeback effort that Scott mentioned. Uh, even her Breeders' Cup race wasn't that bad. She was impossibly, you know, had an impossible post at the stream outside. Um, I, you know, she has a good closing kick. I, I thought the last race I liked because she broke really well and she was a little bit more forwardly placed. I don't like the rider, Bejarano, much, but she draws the rail in here and second off the layoff, just like Scott said, she should be sitting on a career best race after that really nice prep. And that prep was not only, uh, it was at Kentucky Downs, which is a little more demanding. It was at a mile and five sixteenths, which is farther than she'd ever gone. And she drew an outside post on a race that starts right on the turn. So I thought that effort was really good. Um, and now they cut back a distance a little bit. So a lot to like there. Um, and the, you know, the lack of pace is kind of concerned, but a lot of times if they don't send like Harris Peacock and they all just rate, then it just becomes a sprint to the wire and she might be the best. And if they're all bunched up, she, she could be the, you know, the fastest sprinter home. So, uh, you know, and plus the small field negates some of the problems you might have with a bad rider and you know going two turns on the turf so anyway i guess bottom line is i i'm with scott on california angel um i like her at at that price she's definitely playable yeah i i agree actually with everything you guys have said about her she's she's probably going to offer the most value um relative to her talents i think I think everything you've said is exactly right. I I do sort of question if she's really the best finisher, if you know, if that pace scenario does take place, which it sort of seems like it's going to. I just worry that she's gonna be behind one or two others, maybe three others that could probably still out finish her, but she's also gonna be, you know, three times the price of those horses probably. So this is a very competitive small small field the only one that doesn't have a complete you know the three is probably the one that doesn't have any chance but even her figures on on my stuff aren't aren't that far off so it's an interesting race who is the best uh finisher on your figures sean in this race is it mcculloch well it's it's mcculloch when she's 
when she's ridden that way, yes. Last time I thought they got her up, you know, into the into the pace a little too much and her, her late pace never dropped off. But if she's if she's ridden to finish, she would be the best finisher. And then after her, it's probably New Year's Eve, but New Year's Eve is you know, I sort of project her to be last in here under almost every scenario. So I just don't think she's quite good enough to pass all everybody turning for home. And California Angel has, I think, beat her a couple of times too. So. Right. California Angels, she's a nice horse. Her, her Breeders' Cup race last year is, is much better than it looks like on paper. That, that was an impossible spot, and she ran, I thought, really well. Okay, let's move on to the 10th race. It's a starter allowance, six furlongs on dirt. Uh, finally, an easy one. First of 61,000, three-year-olds and up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Sean? I'm going to, you know, I think this pace is going to be very fast. And I'm just going to look to play three closers in here, all coming out of the same race, all coming out of the Beverly Park race at, at Churchill. Um, my top choice would be the two Alexandros. I think they had way too close to the pace last time off that layoff. Still ran really well I thought but I think tomorrow they're gonna they're gonna rate and and try to finish more like they have in the past and that given this pace scenario I, I sort of sort of project him to be sitting mid pack to maybe to maybe upper back pack and, and should be able to out finish the rest of these so that that would be my top choice and then i'm also going to use the 10 beverly park and the 11 the queen's jewels to some extent on my ticket okay alexandros second off a layoff chris what do you got well i kind of agree with everything that sean said and at the closers i think definitely the value is uh, alexandros but there is a speed horse in here that i absolutely love so this is my pod play of the week and that's the nine horse divine leader um this horse i just think is the best horse in the race i mean he's got some physical issues uh he started in the mott barn he had one race a two-year-old something went wrong took him a long time to get back to the races he came back in a new barn um but ever since uh he's his dirt sprints are really good almost every one of them, except for the last couple uh, before this most recent break where he, something went wrong and he kind of went off for him. But prior to those two races, you know, he had won like five, four out of five or five out of six. And the only horse that had beat him was a, a one to five baby Yoda. And, and he loves being on the outside. He drew really well. He drew outside all the other speed. He breaks alertly, but he can settle in just off the leaders. He's done it several times in the past. And then he just has a really good turn of foot on the turn. He just runs the turn really well, and he finishes off his races. And I think he's going to get that trip in here. He can let some of the other speed horses do the dirty work. He can sit just off them, uh, you know, go to the, the lead, turn it for home, and then hold off the closers. And he's 15 to 1 on the morning line because he hasn't been out in a while, and his last two races weren't that good. But if you look at his line, he runs great every time he gets freshened up like this. In fact, he won at Keeneland uh, off a similar layoff last year. He won earlier this year off a similar kind of freshening. His training lights out. Uh, he's got three or four really good re recent workouts. I just love this horse in here, um, everything about him. And, you know, at that price, I think he's just a, a great play. So I'm all about the nine divine leader. Wow. Well, I have three horses in this race, and you guys mentioned two of them. So that's good. I think um, the my topic is Alexandros, and I'll just I'll just read what I wrote um, just to add fuel to the fire. <clears throat> Second off a layoff, showed speed and return and faded, got a red time form pace rating somewhere in there, um, which is good. Uh, it's to me it just seems like a classic. Like they he likes to come off the pace, but they said, hey, this is our first back from a layoff. Let's 
work him hard and get you know get some speed into him. So they 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 ran really hard and um, it was a classic prep. So this is a classic second off a layoff move. Um, the trainer I. I don't know how the trainer is related to David Vance, uh, but her middle name is Vance, and this horse was trained by David Vance. Uh, that trainer is hitting at 23% in only 13 races. Shows a nice workout since the comeback race, a 46-4 bullet, best of 114 at Churchill. Uh, I also like Divine Leader. Um, I Not enough to put on top, but I, I, I definitely think the horse has a shot. And then the other horse... That's my my third potential is Montauk Daddy, who has some good numbers and is a closer off the claim for Joe Sharp. So I have one question for both of you on Alexandros. Um, the two times John Court's ridden him, and he tends to like to be aggressive, he's had this horse much closer than typical um are you concerned at all drawing the inside with court riding that he might do the same thing he did last time and put this horse up into the race earlier than you think he should be um yes that, that that's definitely a concern uh but i think i think you know court's a really good rider been around a long time and he he pro you know he should have learned something from the last race that this horse won't finish when ridden that way. So, you know, I I don't really expect him to deep, deep close like he has in some of those races, but I, you know, I expect him to be mid-pack, maybe maybe a little further back than mid-pack, and, and to time his move a little better than he did last time. So, you know, I... It's a concern, certainly, and, and the you know the bullet work on October eighth is is a little bit of a concern too that the horse may just be too sharp and, and get too 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 close into it. But I think Court's a good enough rider to hopefully have figured that out. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at the he he's raced he's ridden the horse twice and he won in, on January seventh. He was on the rail only eight horses and he was sitting fifth after a quarter. So, you know, and that turned out to be a winning move. So I think that he's probably smart enough to let this horse sit off. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I mean, if yeah, ideally he does, right. And he doesn't, he gets sits off, gets like a, a dream run on the rail, makes, makes a move, maybe, maybe the first move and wins. That would be what you'd like to see. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. That's the scenario that I envision is exactly what you just described. Uh, any other horses in this uh, wild field, Chris? You usually have more than one. Well, I just really like Divine Leader, and I don't disagree with you. After I think he's best of speed, and and underneath, you know, behind him, I like horses like Alexandros. The only one you guys didn't mention that I kind of like some as a closer is the Four Ultimate. You know, he's been running at Prairie Meadows, but you know, he is a closer, and you know, from a figure standpoint, he he, he fits, I think. So, you know, there's no reason why he couldn't clunk up for second or third if you know, the speed does quit. Um, so to me, I'm kind of playing it, hoping that divine leader takes over, turning for home, all the speed horses quit, and then you pick up a closer like, you know, Alexandris or Ultimate or, you know, Queen's Jewels or Beverly Park. You know, one of those four probably be the, or, or the ones that would fill out the try. That's kind of how I'm hoping it unfolds. Okay, well, <clears throat> I think that uh, gets us through the sequence. I would only ask if you, if, if either of you gentlemen has any spot plays at the track uh, or or anywhere else, a horse you really like that you might want to give out as a spot play. I must admit that I have not looked at anything else except the sequence, so I, <laughs> I'm not going to be very useful for spot plays. I, I apologize. 
That's all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I did look at one other race, but um, the horses I picked were uh, all sort of none of them was an exciting price. So uh, so I don't have any. Do you got anything, Chris? Uh, yeah, the the race right before the start of the sequence, I have no idea why they didn't put it in the pick five and why they wanted to have two maiden races in it. But the the fifth race is it's a stakes caliber allowance field. I mean, most of these horses are stakes horses. Um, and it's a turf route. Uh, I like as a price play the nine Mr. Wireless. It's his he's he's 20 to one in the morning line because he's never been on the turf, but there's nothing in his breeding that says he couldn't handle the turf and his dirt form is really good. Uh, and you know, I just, I feel like if he can run on turf, the way he runs on dirt, there's no reason why he couldn't win this race at a big price. So, you know, I'll definitely be putting some money on Mr. Wireless, the nine horse in race five at Keeneland an allowance going a mile on the 16th on the turf. Ooh, bold spot play there, Chris. Bold. Okay, well, uh, that that should wrap it up then. I'd like to thank our guest, Sean Borman. Sean, thanks for handicapping with us. Hey, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Great, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys on Twitter and uh, seeing if we can bring home some of these winners. I believe, Sean, every one of your picks, either Chris or I was with you. So uh so we're gonna we're gonna lock hands and <laughs> get this thing <laughs> yeah. get, get this get this pick five home. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I think we had uh similar opinions on most all the races. So hopefully uh we'll get prices and we'll get results. That would be great. Right. That will conclude show number 194 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Keeneland and wherever else you play. And please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. I'll see you on Cheers. Giddy up. <laughs>